Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. The Puma! The Puma. Man, um, would have been lo- would have loved to talk about the football from uh, from last week, uh, but we uh, we actually got some heavier stuff to talk about today, Jay. <laughs> and, We've got uh, some real stuff to talk about. Wow! One of those conversations that I get uncomfortable talking about because I just know I'm going to say something stupid, something that I don't mean, something that I feel like is going to be taken the wrong way, and I'm going to get canceled out of my 30 subscribers on Pro Football Radio. You know, that's that's just society today. <laughs> I've just accepted it. Just lean into it at this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is Podcast 95. It's a mini podcast, and it's generally going to be mostly about John Gruden and his resignation that came through last night with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, but before all that, we want to say our buddy Burge is not with us today. He is currently battling, uh, I believe, the cold. Is that what it was? Yeah, um, cold, not COVID-related. He's not on the COVID list. He'll be up and running tomorrow. He'll uh, he'll take a couple of shots of uh, what do you call it, uh, Nyquil, and then some Dayquil tomorrow, and uh, he'll be up and running with Parker's picks as well too. So well, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward for him to jump on board and feel better. And uh, we're gonna be back tomorrow night doing the uh, the full week six preview. But tonight, tonight we're gonna talk about John Gruden, and just to kind of give you guys a quick layout of what the podcast is gonna be about, we're gonna try to break down the conversation of John Gruden's resignation into two segments. John Gruden himself, um, and essentially the other part of it being how did those emails get out and leaked, right? Uh, those are obviously two separate stories that we don't want to essentially conflate together. So let's start with John Gruden and the facts. Um, last night, uh, John Gruden met with Mark Davis, the owner of the Oakland Raiders, and he officially put his resignation in. Now, if we back up a little bit, uh, the NFL uncovered about 650,000 emails in a sweeping Washington football team investigation that was looking into a toxic work, work culture of the Washington football team for about 11 months. Friday night, uh, an email was leaked that showed John Gruden making some racist remarks towards D. Maurice Smith, who is the NFLPA um, executive, uh, I believe, what's his title? Executive Vice President? Yeah, he's the, uh, he's the executive of uh, the NFLPA. He's, uh, he's essentially like the version of Roger Goodell for the Players Union. Exactly, right? So once that email got leaked and it was public knowledge, the groundswell started uh, going for Gruden on Friday night. And then after that, the NFL sent a bunch of emails to the Raiders over the weekend to review that further indicated John Gruden had sent some pretty outlandish stuff as well. So Monday night comes around and the New York Times obtains and publishes an article that showed John Gruden has had a pattern of making sexist, racist, and homophobic remarks over the past seven years. And that's when everything was at a full crescendo last night. Mark Davis and John Gruden met and John Gruden officially put his resignation in. And as of this morning, the Las Vegas Raiders don't have a, a head coach, they have an interim head coach. Um, so with all that being said, Puma, what was your initial reaction to everything you've seen unfold over the last weekend with John Gruden? So my reaction, I'll start, I'll start off with Friday. You know, as, as messed up as it sounds, but it's kind of the way society is, I, I thought he was him and the Raiders and Mark Davis, they were going to weather the uh, D. Maurice Smith uh, emails and racist tropes and, and whatnot. Just because, you know, you watch Sunday Night Football, you see, you know, Mike Tirico, and uh, you, you saw Tony Dungy come to his defense. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, like, all right, it was like... It was seven years ago like he was stupid like 
you know, we as a society, we want to preach like, all right, you get these are like, you know, kind of learning experiences. We want people to evolve. So, well, you know, I honestly thought he was going to survive it. Again, as mm-hmm. messed up as it sounds, I thought that's what was going to happen. And then the the New York Times article comes out and Twitter was ablaze. I mean, everybody was chiming in on this. And, you know, Karen Florio, you know, for those that don't know, Mike Florio of PFT, he was essentially saying the NFL was going to keep leaking these emails until the Raiders did something about it because the NFL didn't want to get involved and suspended, suspend him. They wanted uh, Mark Davis to, to take care of this himself. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even watch the Monday Night Football game because mm-hmm. I was just so wrapped up with this uh this fiasco that was going on in las vegas and we'll get to it tomorrow it was a hell of a game but i mean all eyes were on the raiders and gruden and and then you know what was going on with the washington football investigation so there was a lot to unpack and at the end i was like this is this is about to happen like he's either going to get fired worst case best case scenario he gets suspended for the year by mark davis but then you saw like the homophobic stuff come out there's he has carl nasib on his roster who's the first active you know active and openly gay uh person on an nfl team right now uh there was just no coming back from that yeah and you make a good point because when this first happened and we were talking about this offline in the group chat when the first email came back, obviously that was a shock. That was very racist. We're not even going to go ahead and repeat those words that he said uh, on Friday night to uh, DeMarie Smith. But, you know, I, I when this first came out, I thought he was going to weather the storm. You know, we've seen this many times before in the NFL. You know, uh, you know, something comes out. People are outraged. You know, eventually it dies down, as, as messed up as that sounds. You know, the, the person that is indicted in the situation usually comes in and has some sort of sorry or remarks of apology, and then they kind of move on. I thought that was what was going to happen. However, the bombshell that was leaked Monday night, the New York Times article, when that came out and you have, you know, a, a, a history of seven years of making some pretty messed up comments, that's when I knew it was basically going to be over, right? I mean, it was a very quick timeline when the New York Times article came out. And then about an hour and a half later, I believe Tom Palacero was on it first. They came out with the news that, that he said that, you know, um, John Gruden has resigned. So I, I thought initially it wasn't going to be that big of an issue. But the second I saw the second article... I knew he was he was done for because of where we are as a culture. Obviously, the the NFL themselves have has this moral they want to live up to. They're trying to be more inclusive, and, and you can't have one of your head coaches making sexist, racist, and homophobic remarks and still have a, a position of leadership in the NFL. Right, and and the thing is too is like those emails. I mean, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the last email that was leaked out was as recent as 2018. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this was you know I think that might have been about like the women referees uh, coming into the league, something along those lines. But I mean, you know, if you also look at like how the players were reacting, I mean, how they performed on Sunday against the Bears is one thing. Like they clearly were playing as if John Gruden was not going to be there. I mean, they honestly should have rolled the Bears. They they lost like 20 to 9. It was an ugly game, but really no player came out and like held John Gruden to the fire. Now, granted, this is like from Friday night up until Monday. There was no there was no reports of like any infighting amongst the players, uh, like a, a potential mutiny on board. I think Derek Carr came to his defense at one point. Um, you know, a lot of the players in that locker room, granted, like 70% of the NFL is black. And, you know, so this, you know, an NFL locker room, if they're not really going to, I hate to say this, like bat an eye about what John Gruden said about D Smith, you know, that kind of tells you a lot where we are in the NFL as a whole. 
But I mean, there was just there was just no way when it came out with like the homophobic stuff and you know Carl and the in the locker room. Like there's there's just there's no coming back from that, which is messed up because if you look at like we can all joke about the Raiders, like you know we can make fun of Al Davis and we can make fun of Mark Davis, but in the history of the NFL the Raiders were really one of the trailblazing franchises. Like the NFL that you have today, like that's because of the AFL merger that John, uh, that um, Al Davis orchestrated with, um, with the, with the commissioner at the time Uh, you look at, they were the first uh, team to hire a, a a woman uh, NFL executive in Amy Trask. They had the first African-American head coach in Art Shell. They had the first Latin American head coach in, uh, in Tom Flores like the this team was it is and was essentially with Carl Nassib right now. They are a trailblazing franchise in that sense, and to have John Gruden in there with all these you know these allegations and it's really not allegations because there's proof. It's in emails. Uh, there, there's just there's no way they could have he could have weathered the storm. There's no way no player would want to play from at that point. Yeah. So that's one part of it. Now, the other part that gets very interesting is, you know, we all agree what John Gruden did was wrong. Uh, on all mm-hmm. levels, it was wrong. Not condoning it at all. That, that we're, is, not giving a pa- we're not giving a pass. Whatever we, happened, what happened to John, John brought on himself. Mm-hmm. And he deserved to be, uh, you know, fired or resigned or however you want to pretty it up. However, there's a bigger story here. And I know it sounds crazy. It's going to be bigger than the story that John Gruden, you know, put out there this weekend. But... There's something happening with the Washington football team in that investigation. Um, you know, there's 650,000 emails that are found by the investigation, by the law firm that did the investigation, and only four or five made it out that were directly, you know, uh, disparaging John Gruden and his image. Uh, I think it's something that we all need to raise an eyebrow to because there's a, you know, the NFL is, is the master at diversions and PR and spin. And I think John Gruden was sacrificed for the greater good. There seems to be something else in the background. Because yep. you know, the first question I want to ask you is, Puma, where do you think these leaks came from? And we all believe it's the NFL. But who in the NFL has an axe to grind with John Gruden? So that, to answer that question, there's two in my, in my world, there's two possible theories. And listen, full disclosure, we are now wading into the speculation pool. So everyone's going to have their own theories. But I think I'm probably speaking for a majority of the pod. I think Burge would agree with, with my line of thinking on this, too. When the Friday email came out, you have to look a little bit further back because Wednesday night, DeMaurice Smith had a key vote as to whether or not the executive committee was going to put to the entire body of the NFLPA if they were going to actually approve an, a contract extension, essentially, for D. Smith. And it was a very close vote. I think he got uh, he got a six to five, uh, you know, approval to move forward to have the entire NFLPA body vote to see if they even want to extend his contract. Then uh, I believe it was Thursday, Thursday, Friday, right around that time frame. Actually, I think it was Friday. Sorry. Friday, when that article came out, that was when that vote came out for D. Smith, and he got approved to have a con- his contract extended for one more year. So I was thinking, all right, maybe this came from like D. Smith to get some you know curry favor with like the NFLPA body to like you know not to, I hate to say this but like get some sympathy votes kind of deal because like the, D. Smith is really not that popular of a figure in the NFLPA like we saw that in the collective bargaining agreement discussions last year. 
But when you look at what happened yesterday, and again, Florio was saying that the NFL is just going to keep leaking this stuff out until the Raiders did something. That has to come from Amon High because the the Washington football team investigation, the, the Wilkinson report or lack thereof, there's no written there's no written report, no physical report was ever presented to the NFL. This was all an oral presentation from the law firm, uh, which was head, headed by Wilkinson and Roger Goodell. So this was all discussed. There was a very like lame statement that came out where. Dan Snyder gave up day-to-day operations to the team. They got fined $10 million. That was it. But these emails, the, Raj saw these, or somebody in Park Ave saw these emails. And, Jay, you can probably agree with me on this. Kind of the running theory on Roger Goodell is he's a bit thin-skinned. We saw that with Deflategate. He he didn't he wasn't a fan of Matt Patricia with the clown the clown T-shirt after like the the Deflategate Super Bowl and whatnot. So like he kind of, he takes things personally, uh, which is kind of messed up as a commissioner. So I honestly think that he leaked these emails out to one get back to get back at John Gruden about the homophobic stuff because I honestly didn't even realize. I guess Roger Goodell has an openly gay brother, so you know to me that would make sense. You see those emails, and then you're being called a homophobic slur. I would be going off the deep end too, but. There is a lot more going on with this Washington football team email investigation. I mean, 650,000 emails. I guarantee you there are a lot more NFL team executives that were on email chains saying equally or, you know, even more adherent, uh, you know, discussions about minorities and women and whatnot. I believe there's even like nude photos that were being exchanged. Bruce okay. Allen's not. Bruce Allen is not even like the most likable figure anywhere he was like in Tampa Bay and Washington. Um, And there's there's a lot going on with this lawsuit with the St. Louis Rams that I would like to bet my life savings that there's probably some stuff in there about the possible collusion that the NFL and Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft had in having the Rams relocate from St. Louis to Los Angeles because that that's been going under the radar and I guess the Ram the city of St. Louis has a very good case as to taking the 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 NFL uh the to to the cleaners about that. So I think this was a a sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. They sacrificed John Gruden for the greater good and and this is what we have here. And I, I think they're just hoping that the New York Times and Wall Street Journal don't do any more deep dives. And John Gruden doesn't have receipts. I think that's really what they are hoping for at this point. So, well, first things first, I think what you're implying, and I don't buy it right off the bat, because what you're implying is John Gruden went and made these decisions to do all this without the the sign-off of the owners. You feel me? Like, because eventually, eventually, you know, we all know that Roger Goodell works for the owners. Right, he's a bag man. Exactly, right. I think the owners they're kind of making a plan in the background to somehow bury John Gruden in this Washington football team investigation. I think that's truly the, the heart of the matter here, you know, and, and Karen Florio, he came out with the article about an hour ago saying that he reached out to the NFL. He asked, Hey, listen, you know, did you leak these emails? And obviously they straight up said, no, we did not leak these emails. So let's take that face value. If that's the truth, then who else has these emails that is leaking this information? Because from, from what I understand, these are highly sensitive, only a few people, only a small majority in the NFL have access to this story and these emails. 
So where is this where is this league coming from? Because if that's the case, and there's a bigger issue here, the NFL should be worried worried sick about them. You know, essentially having a, a rogue dog out there, you know, leaking information to the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then at that point, then it's either an executive, like an assistant deputy to to Roger Goodell, or it might actually be somebody in the law firm. Like mm-hmm. you might have to look at that too. Like there might be an unhappy camper out there, or maybe you know Wilkinson or an associate of Wilkinson that saw what was going down and did you know saw all of this information in these emails and and was like okay if the nfl is not going to do anything about it then like damn the torpedoes i'm going to bring this stuff to light you know kind of like uh you know the the deep throat cover guy uh for uh for watergate who ended up being an fbi director and mark felt like back in the 70s so i mean honestly i think it was a personally i think it was a collective effort between the owners and roger goodell Mm -hmm. that was like okay we're going to Sacrifice John so we can keep this good old boy network going because I I guarantee you there are worse things that were said by Bruce Allen types like you know I'm not you know I'm just I'm not saying there's anything about Jerry Jones. But like, let's just play the let's just play devil's advocate here. What if there was an email between like Jerry Jones and Bruce Allen and some other people about some not so pleasant things? Because let's be honest, like some of those emails were about the, the national anthem protest. And Jerry Jones has been was at the time up until about a year or two ago was a very vocal critic of the national anthem protest, and I think a lot of owners felt that way. So I I would not be surprised if there was worst thing said by NFL owner types. Yeah. And let's move the story forward and obviously we'll start looking at the the Las Vegas Raiders and essentially, you know, replacing John Gruden and finding their next next head coach. And a couple of good candidates that come to mind, obviously, there's Josh McDaniels up in New England who has a, a decent enough track record with a success with Tom Brady, developing Jimmy Garoppolo and now developing Mac Jones. I think he could be a, a prime candidate. Um, there's always rumors with Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. He's had massive success and he has put Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, uh, what's the other guy? The one more I'm forgetting he's put all those guys into the NFL um, so he has a track record of, of working with quarterbacks in the NFL level and then the other guy that keeps coming up in regards to the, the circles is obviously Eric Bieniemy. he's been he's been his name has been thrown around the last few years um, he has great success with Patrick Mahomes and the, being the offensive coordinator with that team so you know if I was to ask you right now you know obviously this is way down the road we have probably what six seven months before this gets resolved who do you think could be a good candidate for the Raiders right now Jeez, oh, I mean, I feel like everyone is going to put Eric Bieniemy in that category, uh, which I could see it, especially just given the optics of what has gone on. Which is, you know, is it's kind of it's messed up to say, but like a lot of this is window dressing and optics. Like, okay, like John Gruden said this stuff, so like we're gonna pivot and we're gonna prove that like we are a trailblazing organization and we do embrace equality and and, and whatnot. Um, but he's got his own little skeletons in the closet going back to his, you know, University of Colorado days when he was the head coach. Um, I, have seen this some, I haven't seen this a lot, uh, but I've seen this at some places. Some people are drawing the, drawing the lines from, uh, you know, Kellen Moore in Dallas up Mm. to Las Vegas. And, you know, I, I could kind of buy that as well too. I mean, look at what he's doing down in Dallas with that offense. I mean, we could say what we want about Derek Carr, but like he has been balling out 
probably over the last two weeks has come down to earth, but I think that whole team has come down to earth as a whole. But, I mean, they have dynamic playmakers on that roster. And if, you know, Kellen Moore is able to open that playbook up and, you know, offense sells tickets and they just – they have a new stadium in Las Vegas that they have been having hard times trying to meet the uh, the monthly payments because of the lost revenue from the pandemic last year. Uh, yeah, you're going to want to fill the seats and you want to put up points. And I think I think uh, Kellen Moore might be might be the guy. Maybe even Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles needs another shot at, at, at a head coach, too. Yeah, that's a good one. So uh, what do you expect from the Raiders for the rest of the season, right? I mean, at the end of the day, how are the, how are the players feeling in the locker room? How is Derek Carr feeling in the locker room right now? I mean, they they have gone through such a swing of emotions. And I was talking, it's actually funny, I was talking to my sister about this about an hour ago. Like, in five weeks of Raider fandom, she's experienced it all. She's experienced the gamut of the 3-0 rise and being undefeated and looking great, the losing two games, you know, the Friday the email's coming out and the big first controversy, and then the head coach gets fired, and now she's going to be looking to a head coach replacement. I mean, she's going to go through the gambit of being an NFL fan within just a a very short period of time. So, you know, let me ask you, Puma, like, what do you expect from the rest uh, rest of the season for, for the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, this is definitely like a situation that could crater a team and like part and part of me leans to like cratering just because, you know, now there there are so many jobs that John Gruden got for people. I'm not just talking about like the players. I'm talking about like the coaching staff. I'm talking about just the general staff in that building, you know, getting getting funds to that building. Like a lot of people are going to be on edge now because they don't know if they're going to have a job at the end of the year, because more than likely if Mike Mayock survives he's going to clean house and you know for Derek Carr it's it's a bit worse because he could be cut next year and there's no salary cap hit like they could just completely move on from him no problem and on top of that he's actually the neighbor of John Cruden in Las Vegas so I mean I lean towards cratering I you know I, I think I think this could torpedo their season but part of me thinks that this could be like a galvanizing moment mm-hmm. for this team. I mean, this defense has been balling out. Like, you know, it might not show on the scoreboard against the Bears, but like they have been a very good bend but don't break defense. The offense has been clicking. It'd be nice if they just stopped force feeding the ball to Josh Jacobs, but that's beside the point. Um, I think this could be a galvanizing moment. There's a lot of veteran head coachy types on that roster. Uh, I mean, you know, the special teams uh, coach, uh, Basachi, he's actually the interim head coach right now. Um, he's he's well regarded over, around the league. The defensive coordinator, he um, he is the former head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's a lot of experience on there. Tom Cable's on the staff. He was the former head coach of the Raiders. So there's there's enough experience there that, like, if the players buy in, like, they could weather the storm. I just lean towards this potentially torpedoing their season. Final question. The over-under is at 25. How many owners today are having meetings with their IT departments to scrub emails off their servers? <laughs> 32. I'll take the over. I think everybody. I think everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you look, I mean, if if you look, there's, you know, there's there's probably so much dirt about the St. Louis Rams relocation lawsuit and, and you know, backdoor deals that may or may not have happened. Um, you know, there's... You know, there's Bob Kraft's fiasco down in Florida a couple of years ago. I mean, that was never really resolved in the NFL. That kind of got pew-pewed because the, the you know, the uh, the local prosecutor down in Florida threw it out because of a technicality. 
But I, I, I bet you there were some conversations about that potentially, and you know the, the Jerry Jones with potentially like the national anthem stuff, and you know whether or not there's uh, there was any uh, collusion with with Colin Kaepernick because when that when that lawsuit went to court, the NFL settled pretty quickly because they knew when they in discovery if they gave up emails, they had no case against Kaepernick. Like they were going to be taken to the cleaners. And that's why there's a non-disclosure agreement between him, Eric Reed, and the NFL about what happened or what was discovered in those emails. So um, I, I I think everybody is cleaning their IT. I think all their servers are going to be uh, uh, you know down for a couple of days. And by the way, again, I'm not condoning any of this, Jay. But if you're going to do something this stupid, are you really going to use... A like what you know, Bruce dot Allen at Washington Football Team dot NFL like an email account that's on an NFL like are you that mm-hmm. idiotic? Which which then gets to the bigger point of well, they they must emboldened you know they're emboldened. They're, they're, it's the good old boy network. They had to have felt that type of security knowing that they're putting this in writing that is never like once you send it out like you can't get rid of that. That is out in the freaking zeitgeist mm-hmm. forever. So that that tells you everything you need to know about owners, the upper executives, and everything. And now, you know, the Rooney Rule is going to be back into effect. Because before, everyone kind of mocked the Rooney Rule. It was like, all right, we checked off this box. We interviewed a minority. Okay, we're going to end up getting the guy that we want. Now, when they do coaching hire cycles, like the microscope is going to be amped up to a thousand because of all these, like, all this uh, stuff that was going on with the emails and Bruce Allen, again, he's a piece of shit, but he was the president of the Washington football team. He was involved in hiring and firing coaches. And I guess some of these emails that were uncovered in the 650,000 email dump go all the way back to the Jim Zorn days in Washington, which was like the early 2000s. So it's just, it is bananas. The Rooney rule is back under a microscope under a thousand right now. So last night I started looking at hacking programs. Um, the two that came up for Mac OS uh, are Metasploit and Nmap. And my goal is to eventually become sufficient enough in hacking to somehow hack and release Bill Belichick's emails. I mean, at the end of the day, I want nothing more than Bill Belichick to get fired. So I'll make it my personal mission. And now that I know that you can get fired for your emails, we saw it with the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden. I think it's about time for me to amp up my hacking skills and, and, and really take this fire Bill Belafort movement into my personal hands. So uh, for those listening from the uh, NSA and the FBI, Jay Chima is not speaking for all of us at the Pro Football Radio Podcast. I am not built for prison. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like, Jay, what do you think? Like, where, where are you in this? Like, what, what like... What do you think? Like, are you with me with like the Rooney? Like, what is your thoughts moving forward for like the Raiders and the NFL as a whole? Like, oh my God, this is insane. Well, well, let's be real, man. Like, we're not naive. We understand that billionaires that are older white men have a certain way of thinking about the world. Like, it's, I understand they, they portray an image of, you know, inclusion and, you know, essentially being leaders in the community. But I'm not naive. Like, maybe I, when I was 12 years old, I would buy that. But I know there's some shit on Robert, uh, Robert Kraft's server that I don't want to see. I know there's some shit on Jimmy, uh, 
Jerry Jones' server that I don't want to see. So, listen, at the end of the day, the NFL is your private entity. Like, nobody can force out an owner unless you do something so egregious that's going to affect the bottom line and they're going to eventually have to vote to force you out. Like, I just think that I understand where where we are as society, but I'm also not naive that I think that all these folks that are so wealthy and they're predominantly from a certain demographic don't feel a certain way about who they are and how they interact with the rest of the world. You understand what I'm trying mm-hmm. to get at? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of why they're burying the emails because I don't think they want I don't think they want a Don Sterling episode with with Dan Snyder in the NFL because I mean let's be honest like this investigation started because of the Washington Post article mm-hmm. last year about the the sexual harassment in the workplace with upper management and the the naked photo shoot down in in the Dominican with the cheerleaders. You know, I, I, I think they do not want a Don Sterling moment. And I guarantee you that there is in that 650,000 email pile, if that ever came to light, there mm-hmm. would be more than enough ammunition for those owners not to like willingly like vote him out, but like from the optics spec, you know, part of it to curry favor with the fan base because at the end of the day, you know, you could be black, white, or orange. The only color that matters to owners is green because of the mm-hmm. almighty dollar. Like, if they could force Dan Snyder out and bring a new ownership group in to take over the Washington football team, they wouldn't be doing it because they willingly wanted to. Like, they would almost well, be doing it because they had to at that well, point. Well, I, I think they've got to take that tactic into account because I think Dan Snyder and the Washington football team in general – has been the uh, the negative juju of the NFL of the NFL for the past ten years, maybe longer, right? I mean, you got the Bruce Allen thing, you got the Redskins name thing, you've got this thing now. I mean, there seems to be a lot there that I think ha- it has enough merit for the NFL owners to sit down and be like, "Listen, Dan, what are you doing? Like, you're stopping a complete idiot." And at this point, it's too long down the road. I think you've got to force his hand here. Listen, there's a lot of billionaires out there that would love to buy the the Washington Football Team. Jeff Bezos has been circling around the NFL for for years now, and he's he owns the Washington Post down the it's, road. Exactly right. I mean, he he's you know putting games on the Amazon Prime Network, and he's trying to f- curry favor with some of these owners. And I, I think you've got to come to the realization that Dan Snyder is who he is. He he's done a he's you know essentially had a certain code of ethics for so long. However many however old he is, sixty years now old, whatever he is, like he sees that the way he operates has done him good. Like, nothing so far in his life, the way he did it, has been a negative effect to him. You feel me? So why mm-hmm. would he change now? It's too late in the game for him to change. So I think if you've got to take that into consideration, and if I'm the NFL today, I'm having a meeting with all 31 other owners, and I'm saying, listen, we've got to do something about the Washington football team. Yep. Yep. Because now now the groundswell, like, there, there's so much stuff coming out now that everybody i think like the nflpa is filing a petition for these this uh, wilkinson report or possibly a transcript of the presentation about what she found to come out to light um all of the the attorneys for the 50 people that came out against the washington football team uh you know with the allegations of sexual harassment in the workplace uh that law firm came out and is absolutely disgusted with what the nfl's done like you have six hundred fifty thousand emails you have 50 people that sat down and gave you testimony about this and all you did was bring down john gruden who wasn't even employed by the washington football team 
Like, like there is just there. What what the NFL owners try to do, I think, with throwing John to the wolves is is backfiring in their face. Like now they have to come out with something to get the no, the heathens don't. away from the fence. I mean, listen. At the end of the day, it'd be nice if they did, but are we all gonna stop watching the NFL? No, right? I mean, there's been so many yeah. different. There's been so many different uh, scandals over the years. The Ray Rice punching thing, Bounty Gate, Deflate Gate, Spy Gate, Michael Vick. I mean, there's there's so many of them. It doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't. Like, I was thinking about this last night. Because I was like, what could possibly be on those emails? Like, seriously, what could possibly be on it? Are there pictures of, like, murder? Are there pictures of rape? Okay, well, I mean, there's been quite a bit of cases of players raping people. And then there's mm-hmm. been people murdering people. And we're still like, all right, well, uh, my Patriots play at 425 Sunday. I'll be there. You feel me? Like, and yep. I don't think anything that they can do. Besides, like, hurting my family personally, like, I don't think I would ever, like, not watch the NFL. You feel me? Yeah, I got you. That's a good question I'm going to pose to you in burst tomorrow night. What could the NFL possibly do for you to not watch it anymore? And, And I'll bet you that list is very small. If you list anything at all. I mean, honestly, like, if there was emails that came out from, like, all 32 owners dropping, like, racial epithets about minorities and stuff, like, that might be the the like catalyst for any possible change in the NFL or having people like potentially boycott it except you know for the white folks that still believe that you know kneeling for the the national anthem is like desecrating the American yeah. flag but that's a story yeah. for a different day <laughs> I love uh, I love that meme that comes out with like uh, the picture of those thirty people with the circles and the sunglasses. And they're yep. all like, this ain't my NFL anymore. This ain't my NFL. <laughs> it comes out every time. I'm not watching anymore. Happens, you, know? you will be missed. Yes. Uh, I, I and, love those too. And you know, like me and you, we, we kind of come at, it, come at this from a kind of in the middle angle, right? I feel like we're not in the younger generation and we're not in the older generation. We're somewhere in the middle where we see not both sides, but we kind of fall somewhere in the middle on most of these issues. We never condone any of the racist things that essentially um, are being said or, or being sexist or homophobic. But we also still have our football. Like I mean, I, like like I said, I feel like for the for me to stop watching the NFL, they would have to personally hurt like my family for me to like be like, all right, well, I'm not gonna do this anymore. You feel me? Right. Right. So cool. All right, man. Anything else you want to get to? We wrap this up. Uh, I think I think we've covered everything at this point. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, this time tomorrow when we're recording our game preview with Burge back on board, or who knows? There might be another email dump coming out about Washington or Dan Snyder, and we'll just have to scrub our game preview and talk about that. So, well, who knows, well, man? That's a, that's a good point. I wonder if the New York Times, and, and obviously they will gladly take the leak and run with it, but I wonder if they in the back of their minds are like, should we dig any deeper here, or do you think they're just happy with what they've got? And Jay, they when we were when we were talking offline last night, like I wasn't clear in what I don't think I was clear in what I was saying. I think potentially there might have been a quid pro quo, like, "Hey, we'll give you these emails mm-hmm. about John Gruden mm-hmm. if you look the other way with." Everything else about any potential stuff that comes out from this Washington football investigation. And I think nowadays, like, a lot of people want to curry favor with the NFL because, let's be honest, it's a cash cow. It creates jobs. Like, people that work for, like, major media outlets potentially could get a job with, you know, the NFL as a whole. I mean, a lot of the the guys for NFL Network or even ESPN at that point, like, they cut their teeth with, like, 
you know, the Washington, like the Washington Post or the New York Times or, or whatnot or the local papers. So, like, they are going to want to be in the good graces of the NFL, especially nowadays, because if you if you say anything negative against them, like you're going to be boxed out and on the outside looking in, you'll never get a goddamn story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many of the fan bases are trying to somehow find emails to get their head coach fired because i know the bears are trying to do that all the all the fans in chicago are trying to get rid of matt nagy with some leaky mm-hmm. <laughs> oh i bet i bet there's a, yeah. there's a decent amount i know one person on the pod uh, like you said jay or allegedly looking into uh belichick's computer too so <clears throat> fire bell front <clears throat> mm-hmm. all right fellas well uh that is it did you plug it up already or no no i haven't plugged it up yet so this episode of the the mini pod of the Pro Football Radio podcast can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, be sure to leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us with the exposure to the masses. Uh, social media wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio podcast, the Twitter machine. I'm a, uh, at PFR Podcast. I am. Uh, I am on the uh, the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Uh, our co-contributor, or senior contributor, I should say, senior analyst, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, is on the Twitter machine, at Burge, the goalie. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms for any other developing stories you know, around the NFL regarding this, regarding game previews, injuries, anything. We got you covered. All right, cool, cool. Well, listen, that does it all for this episode. We will drop another one later on this week, Podcast 96. We'll look forward to all of Week 6 previews. Um, but that is all for us. And uh, one last time, hashtag Fire Bella Fraud. <laughs> Via Condios! <laughs>